Thanks for tuning in. I'm Michael Watson, and this is the Influence Watch podcast. In this episode, a major federal investigation finds evidence of corruption in the admissions to the institutions which define America's ruling class. A counterintuitive finding shows education reform isn't the right-left battle teachers' unions and their stooges portray it as. And I agree with the American Federation of Labor on something. Big news of the week is the Fed's busting a massive multi-state, multi-university college admissions scam allegedly involving a number of prominent people, including television actresses Felicity Huffman and Lori Loughlin. Schemes the government allege the various participants in the scam committed include the payment of bribes to college athletics coaches to have non-athletes designated as athletic recruits, having professional test takers take the SET and ACT standardized admissions tests in the place of the students, and routing the payments for the scheme through a nonprofit organization, the Key Worldwide Foundation. Many were amused at the notion that the parents of the indolent spawn of the entertainment and business classes were bribing their kids into colleges, supposedly either places of high culture and intelligent learning, or trade schools where the next generation of the upper middle class go to learn accountancy. But that ignores the real benefit of a university education, a professional and social network associated with a college, especially a selective elite university. This is how the elite classes propagate themselves including dragging along their very non-elite hangers-on. In total, the feds charged 50 people, 33 parents and 17 corrupt coaches or other organizers of the scheme, with crimes ranging from racketeering to fraud in what they called Operation Varsity Blues. Prominent coaches charged include the former women's soccer coach at Yale, the former sailing coach at Stanford, and the former tennis coaches at Georgetown and the University of Texas at Austin. In addition to the sheer nakedness of the corruption in the battle for access to elite social networks, there are two points exposed by the scandal. First, university-level athletics have been criticized before and exposed by other investigations as corrupting the academic integrity of colleges. For what it's worth, the NCAA monopoly on college athletic sanctioning has been accused of corrupting the integrity of what amount to semi-professional athletics by forbidding players from being compensated at market rates during key years of a very short sporting life. Second, the government is deeply intertwined with college education throughout itself, even at nominally private schools accepting a token handful of schools that take no public funds, most prominently Hillsdale College and Grove City College. This makes interference in college affairs a major federal interest, even beyond the financial crimes alleged by the government in its indictments. In all, National Review's Jim Garrity might have the best description of the situation. Fire Festival for Snobs. If you believe the American Federation of Teachers and National Education Association, or the many, many supposedly grassroots community neighborhood organizations that the two giant government worker unions fund, the only people who support school reform, especially charter schools and private education vouchers, which directly threaten the teacher union monopolies by offering lower-income parents a way out of failing public schools, are right-wing cajillionaires who love Trump and the all-purpose left-wing and populist boogeymen the Koch brothers. But is that, you know, true? A survey by the American Enterprise Institute researchers Jay Green and Frederick Hess actually found that school reformers are decidedly left-leaning, with giving by school reformers and reform-minded scholars about as one-sided as that in other liberal precincts such as Hollywood and government worker unions. Hey, what? But Betsy DeVos, and didn't you hear? Koch brothers! The two largest funders in the education reform area, according to the AEI researchers, are the Walton Family Foundation and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, neither of which is ideologically right-leaning. To prove that, AEI looked at political contributions by the staff of education organizations funded by the Gates Foundation and the Walton Foundation. For Gates recipients, 99% of staff contributions went to Democrats, equal to a typical cycle's partisan breakdown for the Service Employees International Union. 
For Walton Foundation recipients, it was 87%, comparable to a construction industry trade union. AEI also checked the giving of the academics presenting at the conference to the Pro-Reform Association for Education, Finance, and Policy. They gave 96% of their contributions to Democrats, comparable with the NEA, which gave 93% of the money value of its contributions to Democrats since 2000. So what does this all mean? First, the union talking points about right-wing billionaires are just calumnies. Good people who don't agree on much can agree that the current model of unionized monopoly public schools don't work for many people, and that changes are needed. Second, the domination of these elite high-church Gates Walton education reform by progressives encourages education reform groups like Teach for America to get involved in social justice causes unrelated to education that might alienate their long-standing center-right allies, a trend that seems to be accelerating. Third, the absence of conservative voices in the Gates-Walton wing of the education reform movement weakens its ability to reach out to conservative legislators and executives who support the movement needs given the power of teachers' unions and anti-reform forces in the Democratic Party and liberal establishment. Finally, this week, an advocacy group sent a letter to Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Senator Ed Markey denouncing the Green New Deal, a piñata of terrible environmentalist ideas released with much fanfare earlier this year. The group wrote, quote, We will not accept proposals that could cause immediate harm to millions of our members and their families. We will not stand by and allow threats to our members' jobs and their families' standard of living go unanswered. Close quote. So, who was that group? Heritage Foundation? Nope. American Petroleum Institute? No. Competitive Enterprise Institute? No. It was, drumroll please, the American Federation of Labor Congress of Industrial Organizations, Energy Committee. Yes, the largest federation of American labor unions, better known as the AFL-CIO, despite the Green New Deal dripping with pandering to labor union interests, has poured cold water on the fire festival of legislative proposals, which contain provisions calling for banning almost all private cars, banning air travel, and banning animal agriculture, among other extremist policies. Now, while big labor can be credited for seeing through at least one socialist wish list, the unions expressed readiness to join negotiation with congressional Democrats on environmentalist policy wish lists that include more payoffs to union interests, or perhaps less ambitious timelines for abolishing modernity than within 10 years. But for now, even labor unions are prepared to apply the brakes on the American left wing's march toward blackout-ravaged Venezuela. In this, the AFL-CIO may be rekindling its Cold War-era pragmatic moderation, moderation that saw it reject the 1972 presidential candidacy of far-leftist George McGovern. It may not last long, but it certainly illustrates the radicalism of the groups and officials pushing the Green New Deal. That's our show for this week. If you're listening to this on YouTube, we encourage you to subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you have subscribed, thank you. And please leave us a five-star rating. We'll see you next week.